Hello and welcome to the Bucket List Gamers podcast. I am Jay and I'm once again joined by Eddie. Hello. And this episode we're joined by a special guest because we know nothing about the game we're looking at. So we are joined by Austin. Hi and hello. So we are looking at the world of Warcraft, which I know it's probably a bit shameful me and Eddie don't really know anything about it, but (laughs) it's always been one that I didn't want to get involved in because I knew it would probably take over my life a little bit. I've always avoided it. But World of Warcraft is number 90 in the retro gamers list. And it came out in 2004 for the PC. So my only experience of Warcraft at all is the very early games that were more like Command & Conquer. So I think one of my friends had one of those for an Apple Macintosh back in the day. And I played that. I think it was... It was literally just orcs against soldiers, I think, and that was about it. So that's where my knowledge starts and stops on any aspect of Warcraft. Eddie, I don't know if yours is any better than mine. I've watched the film, which I'm, I'm led <laughs> to believe is quite a faithful sort of broad stroke representation of the franchise. Yeah, we'll, just we'll sort of parceled that. up and marketed to people, but... Um, yeah, that, that's about the start and end of my experience, aside from the fact that I don't know whether to rate World of Warcraft in terms of overall profitability and player base or the body count from the countless number of children that have probably been neglected due to people being sort of <laughs> unable to tear themselves away from it. Can't take you to soccer practice, kiddo. It's raid night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's... um. It's one that's always fascinated me because I think I probably would like it and all the, the pop culture references I've seen. So I've seen the episode of South Park that's about it. And I've oh, seen yeah. the, the Leroy Jenkins moment. clip, obviously. Leroy Jenkins! Ah, but now, <laughs> if that's your introduction to WoW memes, let me start you off with uh, with some of these. So there was a one of the first really big like internet zeitgeist moments that involved video gaming especially mmos because i mean at the time really wow's only competitors as far as i'm aware and, and i'm a player i just want to get that out there i don't work for blizzard i don't condone or or, or <laughs> neglect them i just i grew up in the age of mmos and like the golden age of mmos and um the only real comp- competition for wow for a while was everquest uh, which was like kind of your Western fantasy, very much like a Lord of the Rings. El- more that's nah, not true. More of an Elder Scrolls kind of game. You had lizard folk. You had like if you if you killed a fire beetle and you kept its eye in your bag, it would illuminate the area around you. Like there was item interaction for the first for for a game, and that's kind of where they went. Um, and then you had uh, Final Fantasy XI, and Final Fantasy XI was like the typical Japanese RPG. You had to have a dedicated group of people. And when I say dedicated, I don't mean online. I mean, like, they needed to know your strategies, your skills. They had to do the right timing. Like, this was this was the every direction DDR of, of MMOs. Very difficult, but very rewarding. And then there was um, uh, RuneScape, which was, like, the, the, the Saturday morning cartoon of MMOs. Uh, beloved and, and legendary for for what it is and what it's done. But none of them had the impact that WoW did. And WoW, like I was saying, had the first real video game internet zeitgeist moment when a player from a very big guild on one of the bigger servers passed away in real life. 
and there's a zone, an end game zone, uh, called Winter Spring on the main continent. And this is vanilla WoW. This is the first ever, like, no expansions, no nothing, maximum level 60. And it was a PvP server. I just want to, I want to preface that because it's going to matter in a second. So this player passes away and they're a member of the Horde, which is, you know, the, there's the Horde and the Alliance. Um, on the, the Horde are the, the orcs, the trolls, the undead. Um, and later on, you get the blonde magic addicted blood elves and so on and so forth. But if you've seen the movie, the orcs were the Horde. Uh, and then you have the Alliance, which is uh, the humans, dwarves, night elves, and uh, at the time it was gnomes for vanilla. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So the Horde's having, they said, okay, they went on the forums and they told everyone, hey, you know, this player passed away. We're going to have a funeral for them. And what they did was they had, I think, a sibling log into their account and place their avatar, their character, at this lake near the entrance to Winter Spring. What they didn't know was that there was an entire Alliance guild that was about to come ruin their day. So so imagine, and, and the video, if you haven't watched it yet, go on YouTube and watch, look up the Winter Spring Funeral Massacre. Because literally, you just have a bunch of Horde players queuing up nicely queuing up to like do a little slash bow emote and then move on and this alliance rogue kind of walks up to the body and like un unstealth and like nobody attacks him because they think oh well maybe he knew her or them and and paying their respects fine so he, he does a little bow goes stealth again and in world of warcraft all of the explosive moves that rogues have come from them being in stealth moves behind the dead character's avatar, backstabs it, one-shots it, and then all of the sudden, you have literally 60 to 70 Alliance top-level PvP-geared-out characters just <laughs> run into this, this queue of Horde players, and everything turns to absolute chaos. Fire Elementals are getting summoned, people are Arcane Nova-ing everywhere, and, and at the end of it all... <laughs> You just the alliance absolutely destroys them. The alliance walks up to the character and just quotes something from one of the one of the forum posts that was quote she loved PvP, and that's <laughs> that's the end of it. And yeah, and that was a big moment. It was it was like other than Leroy Jenkins, one of the first real like big video game moments. And and to talk about the popularity of WoW, Leroy Jenkins is a people know that and they've never played WoW. People know what Leroy Jenkins yeah. is. You know? So, yeah, in its prime, World of Warcraft was something else. So, how did you get introduced to it? So, I got introduced to it. I never played vanilla when it first came out because our house didn't have a computer that could run it. We just, we weren't, we weren't able to afford that at the time. But, um, once uh, the second expansion came out, Burning Crusade, I was able to either play at a friend's house for a little bit and just play a few levels... Or I think we had a computer that was just good enough at the time to play it at like the lowest settings. It wasn't until the third expansion, Wrath of the Lich King, when I was about 18 or 19, that it really, like, that's when I got sucked in. And it was because I was, A, we had a computer at that time that I was able to play on. B, I had been working for, you know, three years at that time, so I was kind of able to afford something. 
And well, here's another fun little story. Uh, every Friday or so, not every Friday, I'd say every other Friday, my mom would hand me $20 and say, go away, get out of the house. You, you're in here too much. You play too many video games, get out of the house. Right. And I was like, well, for 20 bucks, how long do you want me gone? I gotta, I gotta, you know, what's my budget? What's my hourly playtime? Right. So they'd say, don't come back to like 10. Well, this was also the golden age of cyber cafes. So I would go down to the cyber cafe, pay $20 for an unlimited pass. And then I'd sit there and I'd not go home till one in the morning. I just text my parents, be like, Hey, I'm going to be home at like one in the morning. And I would sit there and play. Wow. At a level that I could never play at home. I mean, we're talking, these were, these were the ultimate gaming PCs at the time. So I was playing like max graphics, max FPS. I could actually see my character's facial features. It was amazing. <laughs> right. And so there I am, you know, sitting in this giant leather back chair playing wow and it wasn't until about four years ago at the age of 29 that i realized that my parents are adults and i am now an adult and i understand what adults like to do so i realized that my mom was giving me 20 dollars to leave the house so that they could <laughs> so with that realization you know i was like okay i i i rated which which is the most like nerd thing ever right like other people are getting laid while you're playing video games like, isn't that a meme? <laughs> like where everybody's making out at a party and a guy's like playing on the N64 or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I raided Wrath of the Witch King. And that's when I really got into a raiding guild. I was doing, I was gearing up. I was going through Ice Crown Citadel. I was going to fight Arthas, which like for everyone that had grown up with like Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, especially Warcraft 3, he was the end villain. So this was a moment in MMOs where like you were getting that, what blizzard really became known for which was their storytelling and so you were i mean whether or not the stories are good they at least make you feel something so you had that final arc where where you had fought arthas and you'd seen all the horrible things that he did it was like killing darth vader you know you you saw him go from this blonde you know blue-eyed prince spoiled little princeling to being corrupted to turning into, you know, the Lich King, the, the the guy who controls all the undead in the world, and his his rise and fall, and you got to be his downfall. And it was it was just a really cool moment from a storytelling perspective. Plus Ice Crumbs, I mean, Wrath of the Lich King is still the best expansion that ever came out. And if you disagree <laughs> with that, I'll fight you. <laughs> no, it's Is it a game that you, you still keep up with now then? Or have you fell off it a bit? So I played up until I think two expansions ago, I played the last expansion a little bit. This one I haven't touched at all, and I think that just comes with age, right? Hmm. I mean, I don't have the time anymore. I, I don't. I've moved on to to different addictions. I mean, hobbies, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, now I play Warhammer, and and I've turned to the dark side, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I ha I've kept up with kind of the story beats, and once they jumped the shark and took, like, my favorite characters and just washed them down the toilet, I was like, you know what? The soul of the soul of Warcraft, to me, ended after Wrath of the Lich King, because that's, that's the point, in my opinion, where they should have ended World of Warcraft and started World of Warcraft 2, or something else that kind of detached it from the way that we knew it and made a new game, because everything that warcraft to build up to the first game was just orcs versus humans right there wasn't a lot of deep exposition 
that I that I can recall. It was just kind of like, oh no, they've got an ogre, Blah. and it was funny because when he died, he fell forward, and you could see his butt. Tee hee 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 hee. You know, we're <laughs> we're fourteen. I think I think I was fourteen or thirteen when that game came out. It was hilarious because haha, butt. Um, and then. And then Warcraft 2 comes out and it introduces like sailing and pirate ships and the the cover is just an orc pirate and like an admiral human like growling at each other. And it was it was an upgrade in, in you know, technology and graphics, but it, it, it didn't still didn't really have like much of an exposition. I think there was a I think you learned about who Thrall was for the first time. And he's like the the main character of the Horde um, who are, in my opinion, the good guys. And uh, he, I think, is introduced in this game, but then you really don't get into that until Warcraft 3. And Warcraft 3 is where they set up World of Warcraft. You have all the named characters being introduced. You have Jaina, you have Uther, you have uh, Arthas, Thrall, Sylvanas. Like, all the, all the big names are introduced in this. Uh, you have the introduction of the trolls as, like, a, as like a, a, a character race with Zul'jin and Vol'jin, uh, you have, like, the orcs being this, uh, kind of species that's not from a, like, not from around here kind of thing, uh, they're, they're refugees in a world where they didn't realize this at the time, but they had been cursed, and you see this in the film, uh, so there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, hidden stories going on, and, and they build up, like, this, this really interesting, uh, exposition, uh, you then get the the Frozen Throne exp- expansion, which is literally where you go in Ice Crown in the Frozen Throne uh, expansion for World of Warcraft, and you kind of see. F- I don't know if any other game has done this. I could be wrong, but an environment that you played in a previous game, you now kind of get to explore it, and the aftermath of the actions that you saw happen in a previous iteration. Nowadays, that's common, right? You see that in everything. Mass Effect did that perfectly. You know, Skyrim has that a little bit. Like, it's it's kind yeah. of every game now has, your choices matter. Go back and you'll see the change, you know? Like, that's just kind of a selling point. But doing it in an MMO, you got to come back, stand at the same beachhead where they did the thing, and take screenshots and kind of enjoy it. And like I said, you you got to end that storyline that was so cool to you you know 10 years earlier plus the cinematics are so good like even to this day (laughs) blizzard does blizzard just needs to make a cgi art animated movie it always as i said it always looked like one that i think i would have got on with really well but i think it would i would have got on with it too well and probably lost (laughs) a lot of my life to it and i was lucky that my friends played i don't think i ever had a pc that would have really been strong enough to play it it would have run it but it would have looked like garbage and our internet was really rubbish as well so (laughs) it just it it wasn't something for me unfortunately as much as I would have liked it and then when I got to the stage where I had decent internet and money to play it and a decent computer yeah I've like like you just said I don't have the time for it now it's priorities have shifted I suppose and yeah I just couldn't sink that much time into it and it feels like one of those games where if you don't keep up with it, people are just going to move away from you and you sort of back to square one. Yeah, I feel like I mean, you'd have to stay involved quite a bit. You do. But I think what kept people in it in the past was the community. Like, mm. I wouldn't have played this game if my friends weren't also playing it, right? And I played it a lot 
even after Wrath of the Lich King because I had joined the military and you don't really know anybody and you're stuck in a single place. So you, you've got literally you've got time to spend, waste. Why not level up? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's what's more fun than ending your job and going home to your virtual job? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's a game that's very addicting, uh, but it's it's only addicting when you've got other i mean it's like an MMO, you, you other people to play with and uh yeah i do have a few facts about world of warcraft so i'm going to okay. run a few of these by you and see if they surprise you or not because some of them are a bit surprising i think for me but then that's some news on like outside looking in so let's have a look what we got so it's officially the highest grossing video game of all time by 2012 yeah. it had made 10 billion dollars yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And it's it's not only subscription fees, you have to buy the expansion, you have to buy the base game, you have to subscribe every month, and it was, I think, $14.99 a month. And then on top of that, there were in-game purchases for cosmetic things. Like, they weren't, yeah. So no, that doesn't surprise me. Blizzard still makes about $1 billion a year off of it. Yeah, it's their longest running brand. Over 12 million physical box copies of the game have been sold since launch. Because this was something we'd just been talking about before we started recording. So we, I wasn't aware of how it worked, but basically do you have to fork out $20 for the game and then a monthly subscription on top of that every month? Yes. Or do you get like a free month or something to so nowadays, to buy it? Yeah, nowadays you get a free month when you buy the box. That's to get you kind of interested. There's also a trial version that you can play for free up to like level 20 for an infinite amount of time. But yeah, it 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 was used to be $60 for the base game. It was a full, full AAA price. And then after that, you would buy the expansions. Now, the one thing they did do was if you bought the newest expansion, you got access to the old expansions. So if you didn't start playing until, say, Wrath of the Lich King, you would buy the base set, which would be you know fifty to sixty dollars or thirty if they were doing a sale, and then you would buy Wrath of the Lich King, which was thirty dollars, and that would also get you Burning Crusade, which was the the expansion between the two, so that you could still level up. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do you want to have a rough guess on how many user accounts have been created since the game launched? I'm gonna say like three billion. No, not quite. Oh, dang it. Over a hundred million, though, which is dang. Like you, you think about those numbers, and I assume that they don't call people in case they come back to it at a later point. So that like, so how much call, server space that must be taken? Yeah, they call they call the gold bots. There there was a long running thing about when there still is of bots that will come into the trade centers and be like, I have a I'm a basically a. a somewhere in in a country is just a person that's being hired to go farm gold for somebody while they're offline so their job is to take over your account and just run you through the most the easiest ways to get gold over and over and over those accounts would get banned and i have no idea how many of those were were created but like yeah a normal like if i went back my account still exists right let's see next one see if you can fare any better on this one so the realm of azeroth approximately how many square miles would you say it was? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say about... So to give you a little clue, yeah, it's right. about four four times the size of Manhattan Island. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to say... F- f- oh, man. Uh, about... 
because I'm thinking about how big Manhattan is. Uh, okay, I'm going to say, oh, square, oh, 80, 80. We'll go with 80. Yeah, bang on, 80 square miles. Yeah. Oh, yes! <laughs> that was That's good, especially seen, as, especially seen as you were doing it in miles, and you're, yeah. you yeah, guys doing, doing it in miles in kilometres. Yeah. <laughs> so the Hunter and the Death Knight are the most commonly used character classes in the game. Does not what surprise percentage, me. What percentage of users do you reckon use those? Uh, I'd say 30%. No, it's only 11, but I don't know if that's 11 Ooh. each, so like 22. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a bit closer. The most popular profession in Azeroth is mining. Yep. So what percentage of players choose to do that? Oh, I'm going to say that's, that's probably like 9. 35.8%. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez, I should have switched them around. <laughs> How many... Uh, in five in every five player is female, and that's worded really weirdly in this book. Wait, do you mean like like actual players, or so, do yeah, you mean actual... like avatars? No, no, in real life players. So, how many in every five players is female? I'm gonna say two. No, I'm only say... one. Oh, Dang, so one I, was, five, I was trying to be helpful. Is... I thought it'd be higher than that. I thought it'd be like one in uh, one in ten or something like that. I wouldn't have thought it would have been that. Wouldn't Split. one in ten be less than one in five? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like I, <laughs> oh, I would expect there to be I less see. women playing it than than there are. Yeah. Like, no, I it, I I knew quite a few people that were, you know, biologically female that played. Yeah, because we've looked at a lot of game splits over these. Well, I have when we've been preparing for these episodes, and a yeah. lot of them are obviously heavily male focused oh yeah but like warcraft i expected to be that way as well and the fact that it's it's not really it was a bit of a surprise but i suppose the the characters and stuff appeal to both genders yeah you've got you've got um you've got sylvanas who's like super oh sorry i don't know if i can cuss uh you have sylvanas who's like who's like a really strong uh like female representation who leads the entirety of the undead and then becomes the war chief at some point. Spoiler alert! And then you've kind of got the horde, which aren't, aren't human, you know. So that helps. Tyrand Whisperwind is a huge character, and she's the night elf ruler. You've got Jaina Proudmore, who's at. She's kind of the like, no, Arthas, no, in Warcraft Witch King or in Warcraft Three, but then really becomes like a no. I am the arch wizard. Like, get off my house like boss so there's there's good representation but i think also you've got a game where people can make their own communities you know yeah. and so you've got a space in video gaming because like when you look at normal video games like like if you took every video game genre and mixed it up it's a nearly 50 50 split on who who plays you know men to women and mm. you i know for a fact because I have people who literally are lead level designers in video gaming and AAA video game companies. I know for a fact that they are intentionally trying to increase and include more representation, not only because it's just the right thing to do, but also because it makes you more money. If everyone wants to play your game, you sell more units. (laughs) We talked about this a couple of episodes back in GTA, didn't we? We said... Can't believe it's taken until GTA Six to have a female playable character, right? Like in this in this day and age, it's going to be twenty twenty six before they've 
than a yeah, female and apparently it's gonna be character. a two billion dollar game, so it better. Yeah. So that that was a bit of a. It's took them a long time. Like you said, what was it, Assassin's Creed that had done it like ten years ago or something? Yeah, about two thousand fourteen, I think Assassin's Creed yeah. had a female playable character. And that's and that's a that's a thing that's ironically unique outside of the RPG community because. In RPGs, you've been able to make female characters since the early eighties. Yeah. You know, you've got you've I mean, and that's when you come into World of Warcraft. You can make your own character. You can be yourself, more or less. I mean, if you were six foot tall and had tusks. But you know, it 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 allowed men and women, boys and girls, to create boy and girl characters. Or if they were a boy and they didn't want to be a boy, they could be a girl. And vice yeah. versa. You had the ability to represent yourself in a communal setting in a way that could only be done in MMOs. And I suppose the really nice thing about it is is it doesn't lock you in terms of class. Because normally you play like an RPG and you have a female character within the story. And yeah, it's usually yeah. a rogue or an archer. Yeah. Then they're not physically involved in the battle. They're always sort yeah. of set back and firing spells or arrows into the battle. Whereas in World of Warcraft, it's like you you want to be a hulking brute of a female warrior, you go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was it wasn't perfect. There was still bikini armor at times, but yes, <laughs> you could play. You could be a, a female bar a warrior or a or a male wizard, and it wouldn't be like. Ooh. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a rather large picture of bikini armor in the retro gamer <laughs> book next to these facts yep. that I'm reading actually. And well, I say rather like the bikini armor is not particularly large, but everything else is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they, I've just noticed as well. I probably should have read all these facts before I started going through them because I didn't realize how old this book we're working from must be. Oh, because yeah. one of the facts is five expansions have been released for the game to date with a six legion to come in mid 2016 oh, wow. so this book yeah. is really old so I, was... I thought this book oh. came out like a, two years ago and it's like pre-2016 so a lot of these numbers the expansions a yeah. lot of these numbers we've quoted have probably fluctuated a little bit by now so for the rest of these questions i'll ask try and cast your mind back to about 2015 and i'm <laughs> 25 and i'm stationed at langley air force base got it go how many million lines of code do you think go into the game? Uh, this is 2015. I'm going to say about 85. 5.5 million. So oh, still wow, huge, okay. but not like... Yeah, I for the amount off. of stuff in the game, you'd think it would be bigger than that. Mm. Okay, then here's one. This is, this is specifically dated, this one, so that's fine. <laughs> in 2009... How many non-playable characters were in the game? Oh, wow. Okay, so 2009 would have been either Wrath of the Lich King or Cataclysm would have just dropped. So I'm going to say probably like 45,000. I don't know if they're including enemies. 40,000. So yeah, that's pretty close for how... Dang. Uh, And how many spells... Ooh, okay. Wait. If it and this is two thousand nine? Yep. Okay, so they just done I think Cataclysm was a big spell cull. I think they were trying to simplify the game because uh I remember being a warlock in leveling a warlock in Lich King and my rotation was I think twelve buttons. 
which was insane at the time. Now I think every rotation in the retail game is like four. Um, I'll I'll help you out. It's more yeah. than the non-playable characters. Oh wow. Okay, so they're talking about everything. Uh, okay, in that case, yeah, because each each boss would have multiple spells. Players have multiple spells. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna go with seventy. Seventy thousand spells. Oh. Oh. This is amazing. Yeah, like get on Mastermind or something with it. (laughs) I think I've got a couple more. Let me have a look. So, one of the rarest mounts in the game is the Heavenly Onyx Cloud Serpent. Yeah. Do you want to have a guess what the drop rate is for that? Oh, point point zero 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 one. No, point zero 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 three. No, sorry, zero point zero three. So not. Yeah. Massively rare, really. That's, when... Yeah, well, okay, so you say that. You say that. But here, he, for every World of Warcraft player that ever listens to this podcast, <laughs> I have been trying since I was 19, so 14 years, to get the Raven Lord mount. He drops from a heroic level boss in the second expansion of the game. After the third expansion dropped, I could walk through that entire dungeon designed for five players to go through as a team and and literally tank drag the entirety of the dungeon. Every minion, mob, and boss to one room, cast one spell, and kill them all instantly. That's how powerful you were at the end of the third expansion. I would go to that dungeon every day just to do that <laughs> for the hope, for the hope that the Raven Lord Mount would drop. It's been 14 years, and I still have never gotten it. And that drop rate, that drop rate was 0.1. So think about that. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, so that's way more likely than this. Yeah. yeah. I think there were accounts with that mount that would literally, like, sell in real-world dollars for, like, thousands of dollars. Not the Raven Lord, the the, the Serpent. serpent. When, When you sell equipment, do you basically have to sell your whole character? Or can you trade the equipment off? Yeah, so you can't trade equipment that's soulbound, and you'll know whether it will be soulbound when you pick it up. It will say binds on equip or bind on pickup. So you'll know, like, can't get rid of this. Whereas if it said bind on equip, you could pick the item up, put it in your bag, and then run to an auction house and auction it off for in-game gold. There was no real-world money handed over. Real-world money would only be to sell an entire account. And at that point, yeah. you would give somebody your email address and your password and be like, it's yours, give me my money. Right, last question. And this has probably fluctuated now. So cast your mind back, 2015. Okay. So the, the WoW Wiki is the largest yeah. community-run website of any over, any video game on the internet. How many pages is on there? Oh, God. Uh, it has to be thousands. Um... 150,000. 100,000. So probably oh. now, yeah. You probably okay. you probably in the right, right ballpark these days. Dang. So yeah. There's a few fun facts about uh, Yeah, those are cool. about the game and I can't believe how close you got on like spot on, <laughs> on two of them. That is incredible. Especially seeing as it was working 10 years out from the wrong <laughs> yeah. data. We all we all thought it was recent. Nope. Oh yeah. No. 
Yes, that's probably why some of the games we've been slating them for not putting in this book aren't in this yeah. book. Because <laughs> yeah. it's older than we thought it was. Although, that, that doesn't excuse them for not putting Crash Bandicoot and Spyro in it. Because they're oh. older than no. No. Um, it does excuse them for not putting Red Dead Redemption 2 in, though. Because that only came out in yeah. 2020. There yeah. we go. Yeah, we'll let them off for that one. <laughs> but not Spyro and not Crash. No. Yeah. And not Gregory that's Horror true. Show. Oh. Which... <laughs> I will die on the hill that Gregory Horror Show should be in that book. <laughs> and no one's ever heard of it, apart from me, but it's still one yeah. of the best games ever made. So Is that like a monkey island kind of like point-click adventure? Like, what is that? No, so it's it's Capcom, and it's basically cartoony Resident Evil. So it's such a weird game. It's based on a Japanese animated show, like a CGI animated show. And the show is terrible. Like, I bought the DVD. (laughs) After I fell in love with the game, I bought the DVD, I imported it, and it's dreadful. It's terrible. I don't know how it ever got a market. But the game is amazing. It's um, So you play as this character who's... It's never explicitly said what's happened to you, but you find yourself in a forest in the middle of the night, and in the middle of it, there's a hotel. And it's very sort of Hotel California. You check in, and then you can't check out. Okay. Um, and, and when you get in there, this rat's running it called Gregory, and he's really creepy, and he puts you in this room, and the, the cat that's in the next room, who's a cat with its mouth stitched shut, it's really uh. creepy for like a kid sort of kiddie game, um, yeah. tells you that everybody in the hotel's got a soul that doesn't belong to them, and if you steal them okay. for death, he will let you out of the hotel. So the whole game, you have to set traps for the other people that live in the hotel to yeah. steal their souls. So one of them is called Catherine. She's like a big lizard, and she chases you around with a huge syringe, and you can it's really simple. You drop a banana peel, she falls over, you can take her soul. But then <laughs> okay. some of them are really complicated. So there's like a chef who's a candle, and you have to open a window and get him to chase you past where this window is, and it blows his candle out, and then you can steal it. But then some of them are so convoluted what you have to do, but you have to sneak round and like peer through keyholes to see who's in the room oh and what God. they're doing and this sounds like this sounds like um you ever play you ever hear the game Medieval on, on yeah, PlayStation yeah, yeah. One? This sounds like Medieval Hitman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a million miles away. But it's so weird. There's like a, a set of golden scales with a face. And he's called Judgment. And if he sees you, he'll sprint after you shouting Judgment. And then he judges you. And he he always judges you negatively and then steals whatever souls you've got on you. And then you have to start again. And there's like the cactus and his daughter. And she's always crying about something. And there's some really dark tones in this game. And the whole concept is, I think, that you're on the brink of death. And you've made a deal with the devil or death to to get yourself brought back. Yeah. But yeah, really creepy game, but so much fun to play. It's like I we played it, we completed it so many times when I was younger. <laughs> and I, it was just a random game I saw in a shop and I saw the front yeah. cover of it. I was like, that looks fun. Paid yeah. 20 quid for it. And um, yeah. and yeah, it's brilliant. So we'll, we'll have to do an episode on that or like a live play of it or something. Because it's <laughs> such a good game. Yeah. But yeah, where were we? World of Warcraft. What else have we yeah. got to say about this? Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a game that, that really held like no rival until maybe Final Fantasy 14 and Elder Scrolls Online came out but they didn't come out I mean the first release of Final Fantasy 14 was so bad that the developers apologized and released Final Fantasy 14 A World Reborn and officially killed the old version in game as an event so like it took a long time for anybody to even try and DC wow and now like the 
I don't think that there is really a demand for those MMOs anymore. Like, I, let me rephrase that. There is a demand. Final Fantasy XIV is still very popular, and in my opinion, if you're going to play an MMO today, it would be that one. Um, WoW still sells. I mean, Blizzard hasn't announced WoW 2. They haven't said that they're ending it. You know, they keep coming out with insane storylines that nobody cares about. But, you know, they're selling units, so good for them. Um, make a Diablo MMO or a StarCraft MMO, and I'll come crawling on all fours. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, oh, God, don't get me started on StarCraft, a.k.a. Oh. Amer- American Warhammer 40K. That was my bread and jam. I loved StarCraft. Yeah. Imagine a StarCraft MMO. Like, could yeah. we just? I mean, it, it's literally just American 40K, but still, like, uh, fun. But yeah, WoW existed in a place of, of no competition. And they dominated the market for so long that they become so ingrained in at least my culture in kind of middle class Southern California and to, I mean, you said it, South Park, Leroy Jenkins, you know, characters and, and symbols that have now just kind of become household names in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. And it came with some really cool stuff. It had its controversies. I mean, you had the, like I said, the, the funeral massacre. You had, there was this big thing about censorship in China because China has this thing about magic. And skeletons and ghouls and zombies, like they're they're completely censored out. So, you know, Wrath of the Lich King had to be completely re released in China with all this different stuff. And nowadays, if you've got a really hardcore like inclination for nostalgia, they've re released the old expansions as classic servers, so you can actually go and play official versions that aren't pirated like they used to be. And yeah, it it was so impactful on like my like eighteen nineteen year old life that. I, whenever I hear, and I don't know what the instrument is called, but it's this like Scandinavian stringed instrument that kind of sounds like a, like a, a violin meets a, like a, a, a oboe or something. And whenever I hear that, the first thing I think is the theme music to the zone Grizzly Hills in Northrend in the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. And <laughs> it just brings this really big hit of nostalgia because the music for that zone and really all of the zones at that time, but that zone was so relaxing and so iconic that I would literally spend those Friday nights leveling, skinning, and, le- and leatherworking for like five hours <laughs> just running around that zone, killing bears and killing deer to get their leather because the music was just so calming and soothing. Yeah. So I guess to, to round it out, it was a, it was a great time. It's iconic. I mean, like, I don't think there will ever be a game. Even Fortnite doesn't have the same impact. Um, I don't think anything will ever be as big as it was. And I hope, I hope that I'm wrong one day because the, the weeb inside me, really wants those like <laughs> those like fully immersive 4d mmos like dot hack and sword art online so you know fingers crossed we eventually get there but for now if you want a taste of it i highly recommend going back going on to the blizzard site getting a classic account don't get the new one don't get retail get a classic account and play in the wrath of the lich king servers because even if you don't get all the way and you don't finish it 
there is still something to be said about the community that plays those old ones because they're all people my age and they're <laughs> here to just have fun and work as a team and they all have jobs so they all get it <laughs> <laughs> i do have a couple of questions actually because one yeah. of the things i remember about warcraft tucked away in my brain that has just come shoot into the front of it as we've been talking yeah. is the mr t promotional items that they did <laughs> and i remember the, the adverts for that were everywhere on oh, the internet yeah. at the time is that a thing they do a lot or is that a one-off because i remember oh, yeah. like grenades that gave other people mr uh-huh. t mohawks when you hit yep. them with them and i was like yep. what is the point in this is this drawing people in is this is this for Mr. So, T fans, for a start? Because he's not really been popular for no. about 20 years. Yeah. I just didn't understand what that was all about. So, so okay, that's a long history in World of Warcraft. So, not only did the, was it the Mr. T commercial, there was also the Ozzy Osbourne commercial and the Vern Troyer commercial. So they had, <laughs> they had Ozzy Osbourne, Mini-Me, and Mr. T all doing a different commercial for their class. Mr. T was the Night Elf Mohawk. Uh, Vern yeah. Troyer was the gnome. I think he was a. Oh, I think he was a warrior. I don't remember. But then obviously Ozzy was the undead necromancer, and um, he yelled Sharon at the end because that was the age of the Osborns. <laughs> but no, celebrity references have been in the game since day one, both in and and bringing characters from the real world or people from the real world, like. There's a there's a moment if you go on YouTube and you look up Red Shirt Guy BlizzCon, Red Shirt Guy was a guy who knew every single piece of lore to the T. Every every I mean he was obviously on the spectrum as most of us were, but he he knew the lore to to the point where he was correcting the people who wrote it on stage. <laughs> So, so, and people were like fact checking him like, holy crap, this guy's right. So he came back to the next BlizzCon. Everybody went, oh crap, he's back. And to the point where he got so much love from the community for just being an authentic fan that they put him in the game as an NPC. And he's called Red Shirt or something, the lore master. And then you had when Robin Williams died, they made a genie avatar NPC on an island that you could go talk to that was robin williams i mean i don't think he was named robin williams but he was robin williams yeah and so there's been a lot of a lot of real people that either have parodies of themselves or like pop culture references of their characters in the game since since day one and the mr t stuff was that basically a a about like a a microtransaction you could buy some of his stuff no that was a that was a free gift yeah, that oh, was a yeah, free okay. gift. So you, everyone that logged on between a certain time, it was just a fun in-game community event. You all got this grenade. You got two of them, and you could throw them around, except you couldn't use them in dungeons or raids because people like to take their screenshots. They don't want to get, you know, the mohawk. But yeah, regardless of race or class or gender, uh, or excuse me, yeah, uh, you would you would get the this grenade thrown at you, and your head would turn into a night elf mohawk. <laughs> and that was that was it and it would last for like i think 10 minutes and if you didn't like it you could always right click the buff and just destroy it but still it was, it was cute and the other question i had so i know you you mentioned um elder scrolls online so when that first launch and this is probably me being ignorant of how mmos work uh, when that first launched the biggest criticism from people who moved over from skyrim and oblivion and all that was that there was no 
proper NPCs in it. There was no one you could go and talk to that made it feel like a real world. Jay in the editing room here. I have to admit to getting confused about this. I thought it was Elder Scrolls Online that launched with no NPCs in it, but it was actually Fallout 76. I do go on to kind of correct myself later, but I thought I'd best nip this in the bud right here. Ironically, when Elder Scrolls Online launched it earned a Guinness World Record for most NPCs in a game, so I couldn't have been more incorrect if I'd tried. Oh, interesting. Is that the same case in in sort of Warcraft, but because it's always been that, people were fine with it? But whereas when you do it with Elder Scrolls, it's so detached from what people expect of an Elder Scrolls game that they suddenly yeah. had a problem with it. So I think I think what what the I just want to make sure I, I understand what they were complaining about because in obviously in Elder Scrolls and in all those games, you could walk up to a person and interact with them and be like, "Yeah, what do you want?" or like, you know. Daddy's going to let me use the firewood today and, you know, like dumb stuff like that. Whereas with WoW, you'd click on a, on a character and it'd just be like, zug, zug. Or like, just like, yeah. They would just, they would just make a soundbite, right? It wouldn't be a dialogue. Yeah. Um, and you would speak to the quest givers or to people that were part of your quest. But the NPCs weren't conversation. I think the issue was like, yeah, in, in a Skyrim game, for example, you'd go and talk to this person and they'd give you a mission and it'd feel like they were a real person in the world that had instructed you to go and do this and yeah it felt like a living environment whereas when elder scrolls online first launched i don't think there was an npc in it i think it was just you and other characters and that was it uh, oh, other actual wow. players so i See, think I that was the big criticism of it there wasn't any anybody in it that wasn't real yeah i think that was elder scrolls or it might have been fallout 76 it was one of the two where there just wasn't another person in the game unless they were a real person. And wow. I think people were that used to having these, even if they're just idiots that walk around and don't do anything, it makes the world feel more alive, whereas this was, yeah. you might see one person in an hour as you wander around. So, yeah, I can't imagine that. Yeah. that I mean, that sounds like something they might do for Fallout, but mm. I, I, yeah, that sounds like a terrible game. <laughs> And I think they've padded it out now that it's become people like it now, I think. I mean, Fallout 76 is still a bit, eh. I've, it's, I've got a, it, it's niche. And I, I think I've played it for about half an hour. And I was like, yeah, this is not <laughs> that much fun. Um, I think there was some sort of item in it when you drank it and it just warped you to a different part of the map. And I'm like, no, this is rubbish. I'm just Thanks. not playing this anymore. And that, that put me off it, but... Yeah, that was the only other thing I wondered, whether it was just because people expect from an Elder Scrolls game that there will be this yeah. vibrancy and life to it, whereas there wasn't. Yeah, so... But is that in, in sort of... In Warcraft, you do get a lot of just random NPCs walking around. Yeah. You can't interact with, but it feels like it's a real village, for example. Or... Absolutely. I mean, you, you could interact with them to the point where they would just kind of like react to you clicking on them and say something, like oh, a, a soundbite. But no, yeah. you had you had town criers. You had kids running through. Like, with, like in Stormwind, you had a little girl chasing after a little boy because he took her dolly and she's like my dolly and they you know they'd run past and little speech bubbles would follow yeah, them yeah. you'd have you'd have uh obviously in the later expansions she took his action figure and now she's running from him and he's like yeah, <laughs> um so it you know 
Uh, but yeah, no, the, if you went yeah. to Stormwind, if you went to Stormwind or or uh, Orgrimmar, the two like main capital cities, there were tons of NPCs walking around doing like their jobs. You know, yeah, forty thousand of them by uh, yeah yeah, yeah. two thousand and fifteen or whatever it was. <laughs> One of the ways that you would get around if you didn't know is you'd walk up to a guard and talk to them. And a little menu would pop up and you could click a location or a trainer or a class profession that you would be looking for. And they'd put a little pin on your map for where that was. So ah. that you could kind of go through the world and be like, oh, I've never been to Stormwind. It's this major, huge capital city. Where's the cooking trainer? And you just ask yeah, a yeah. guard and they'd be like, yeah, here you go. Pin on your map. Yeah. I'm going to get involved in this, aren't I? I can see it coming. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> if I manage to find like an hour... Yeah, if you get into classic Wrath of the Witch King, I'll, I'll walk you through the first, like, 20 levels. You can do your first dungeon and see how you feel. There you go. We'll have to arrange that. Yeah. So what we do when we get to the end of an episode is we give each game a score, our personal score, out of 100. Ooh, now, wow. I don't think me and Eddie are qualified to give <laughs> a score on this one, so we are going to pass that over to you in terms of where you would rank it. So just to give you an idea of what we've got on our list already. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and what positions. So currently top of the list is Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow with a 96. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got Super Mario 64 at 93. Okay. Monkey Island 1 and 2 at 92. Ooh. Sonic 3 and Knuckles at 90. Zelda Majora's Mask 88. Uh, Resident Evil 4, 88. Okay. Resident Evil 2, 87. So they're, they're the top spots on the list at the minute. So, okay. I mean, you can put it wherever you want on so our I list. Think... We'll give you the honor of picking the spot on this Aww. one. Uh, 100. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's hard to give it a rating only because every expansion changed the game so much. So, I'm just going to stick with Wrath of Lich King. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, if anybody listens to this and they're like, oh, that's a terrible score, understand that I'm not only scoring this through nostalgia glasses, which I think every game probably has been, um, but also just the experience of Wrath of the Lich King. And I think for story, for art, for well, for story, for music, for gameplay, and for my own experience, that all gets... 9 out of 10. That's 90 right there. There were some issues that come with just playing an MMO in general. Like the amount of time you have to put in, the fact that the game doesn't, quote, get good until you hit max level. You know, like, some some needs. So I would say that I would like to keep it at, like, a 90, but because of... Okay, if you're asking 19-year-old Austin, it's a 90. If you're asking adult Austin, it's it's an 85 because of the fact that realistically you have to play through two games to get to Wrath of the Witch King. You know, you have to get through all the classic content, then you have to get through all of the, the second expansion's content before you can even access the third one. So um, if you want to even it out at an 87, I'll... I'll yeah, I'll yeah, that seven. sounds good. Yeah, we'll go eighty-seven. That puts it one point below Eddie's beloved Majora's Mask, so I'm sure he'll yeah. be happy with that. And then if we go into any of the new retail stuff, it plummets. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. the The way we've rated most of them has been 
primarily nostalgia, and then we've given a few bonus points here and there for like impact and how yeah. influential games are. So that's part of the reason why some games are much higher up than we probably would have put them. Um, sure. So like, I think we gave GTA Five quite a high score when neither of us are that in like that keen on it, but because it was yeah. so good and it's still popular now. Yeah. We boosted that up. So yeah, eighty seven for that sounds sounds very fair. Cool. Go on, Eddie, you look like you're keen to say something there. Oh no, it was just it was more the um the the thing that I mentioned at the beginning before we started recording. The thing oh, that I that I remember about World of Warcraft and it's stuck with me and it sort of became really relevant again in 2020, 2021. So that it was the cursed blood incident. Oh, <laughs> there's a man that knows. <laughs> yeah. So for the people on that are listening that don't know, and I think it was, you feel free me. to correct me if I'm wrong. So it was the first ever raid that World of Warcraft did in like the base expansion. Is that right? I don't, I think it was Blackwing Lair. So it was, it was, it was either that or Upper Black. Yeah, I think it was Blackwing Lair, which was, yeah, the first real big raid in classic the first 40 men i think yeah yeah and it am i right in saying that the boss of the region was hakar the soul flayer yes hakar the soul flayer was a boss that would give you a debuff and the debuff was a basically a damage over time spell that when you died you spread or something like that and it it was an exponential growth within the party and then you'd all die and that was oh, it. I've and heard I think it's but I think it's this. but I think it stuck around for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so it kept it, it you had it for like a minute and your health slowly ticked down as he launched yeah. the spell. And there's no way to dispel it. It's it's un- No. Yeah. Oh, is this is this the like the virus within a game? Basically like a plague. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, so he did this massive debuff spell thing that started draining your health, and people either exited the raid in fear that it was like a glitch or something like that, and they just jumped out of the raid, or it affected their familiar or their pet, and they then saw that the health of the pet was ticking down, so they stowed it away in their bag. And what Blizzard hadn't done was fitted an off switch, because it was supposed to end when the raid ended. So it cleared off your character if you completed the raid and killed Hacker. However, because you'd alt alt sort of alt tabbed out of the raid and gone back to the standard game, or your pet hadn't had the off switch flicked, people were spawning back into the base game and just sort of spreading this virus. Yeah. So it was it was literally as a, a, a pandemic. I mean, to the point where so so yeah, they hadn't coded in that this that the state of the pet would change when when they when they uh basically dismissed them and so you and you can't dismiss them in combat so they didn't think that it would be a problem well he dismissed it then he brought it back and it still had it and he was in stormwind and stormwind's the the major hub for all the players in the game or was it iron forge it was one of the two big alliance cities and yeah it spread like a plague and to the point to the point where the cdc now studies that incident when they talk about uh, pandemics and uh, and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, that was what amused me about it because they used it as like a, a a test subject of 
how yeah. people in the real world react because obviously in in game you they players set up like little quarantine zones and higher level mages were sort of like casting field of effects um healing auras to sort of get people to safety and out of the towns and cities and then you had the griefers that were literally logging back in yeah. and just catching the plague again and then running into populated areas hearthstoning back <laughs> and you just think if you were back when this was happening in 2005 you'd be like oh we, people wouldn't be like that in real life <laughs> and then you fast forward to 2020 <laughs> when coronavirus hits and people were exactly the same yep oh it's not real just i'll just wander in with no mask on and just spread my infection everywhere and you can see why the cdc use it <laughs> There were those people with the signs that said cough in my mouth. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't think that something like that could happen in a game that would have that much of an effect that it is studied by the World Health Organization and, and yep. whatnot. That is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, we've given it we've given it a rating. Eddie's uh, Eddie's talked about his cause he was dead keen to get that <laughs> out before because I think his knowledge of the game is pretty much that. My knowledge of the game is the game that came before World of Warcraft, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for coming on because I yeah, don't no know problem. how we'd have done this episode without you, to be honest. <laughs> and yeah, if if you want to come back on and talk to us about some of the other games at some point, we'd love to have you. So I oh, appreciate it. I'm sure people will be hearing your voice again on a future episode, <laughs> hopefully. All right. Um, I hope so. Maybe maybe we'll set up some sort of live stream of us doing terribly at World of Warcraft when we Ooh, right. when we set time. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be fun. But no, we've given it a rating. I think it's a fair one. Well, we can't really say we haven't got a clue. So we <laughs> defer to your knowledge, and we're happy with the rating you've given. So unless anyone else has got anything to mention, I think we're probably about time to bring it to a close. All right. Yeah, uh, that's all I've got. Loktar Ogar. <laughs> the only thing I've got left to say is thank you to our patrons. So we have got in the couple of coins tier, we've got Harry Flynn getting the shout out this this episode. In the bucket kickers tier, we've got Dino Dini and the Sweaty Llama. And in the Avatarish tier, we've got Atropos77. Thank you again to you guys. Uh, if anyone's joined in between us recording this and it coming out, you'll be getting mentioned in the next one. If you want to join and get all our exclusive content early you can do that by going to patreon.com slash bucketlistgamers and yeah that is uh, all from me so i will say goodbye from me and we nearly kept this one under an hour and that's goodbye from me <laughs> and goodbye from austin as well bye cheers see you later <laughs>